0: we become a race of peeping Toms. Something happened, something was happening. I had no idea. Where is her treacherous husband now? But in a place where she can visit, if she wished, mine! It's with the
1: ancestors! <laughs> I'm yeah, i the drinking, Luann. How can you hold cake and not eat it? Oh you know, shit, you guys got coke here. Oh my god, of course!
0: I mean, I know to you I'm just your old
1: fat Aunt Maddie Faye. I'm more than that, sweetheart.
0: These are godless times, Mrs. Snell. You're all feckin' boring, with your piddlin' grievances over
1: nothin'. You're all feckin' boring! Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and you're the nicest old gal on the block. And my name is Colin Drucker, and I don't have kids, but I do have a life. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. Yes. What a BSA. Yes. In her own rights. Yes. What a bitch. Oh, God. She reminded me of, I can't remember her name, but the one gal from Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Oh, Carolyn. Yeah. Personnel. Yes.
0: Yeah. I was hoping that that woman, her name was Andrea, was going to end up being like, Alice's little work friends
1: but then it was like oh no she's like the work the work bully the work Margaret yeah and like the only woman in the boardroom and I'm like stick up for your fellow gal pal
0: yeah yeah women supporting women whatever happened to women supporting women you say you do but you really don't you say you do yeah yeah you don't support other women okay (laughs) <laughs> Meanwhile, Coco is just wandering into First Avenue. You know, yes. talking about not supporting other women. Poor Coco oh, almost know. turned into a knish. Okay,
1: <laughs> so true, so true. <laughs> um,
0: but we are not here to talk about uh, Coco Singer today. We are here to support women because whatever happened to women supporting women? Well, we are a podcast supporting women, and in particular, in particular, Joan Plowright. In uh, 1993's three's *Dennis the Menace.
1: I believe she's a dame, if I'm not mistaken. I'm sorry to throw that in there, but oh, I, excuse I feel like she might me be uh, because yes. she's on that special tea with the dames.
0: Right, right. Yeah. Well, she's a dame, and she was married to um, Laurence Olivier. Oh, yeah. And so apparently she's also a baroness. Oh, wow. Not a countess. Not a countess. Can you believe it, girls? Can you believe it, dames? <laughs>
1: <laughs> she's um, so good in this and she if there was like ever a woman to play like my grandma kachanov it would be dame joan plowright in this movie like in, in this era oh. this is like how it was so this brought up like a lot of like emotions and like joy at the same time too but i i think i mentioned last week too that i had seen this movie before but it had been a while but it was like, you know, those core memories and everything. But I was like, oh, my God, I used to watch this movie all the time mm. uh, when I was younger. So I'm very excited. I'm like very excited to be here today to talk about this movie. Now, you. Wh- yes. What's your history here? What's your history?
0: Uh, you know, this was I feel like it was a movie that I thought, oh, I've seen parts of it in the past this this was you know an hbo as a kid saturday afternoon characters welcome on on usa tbs saturday night movie or whatever this was one of those like if it's on and i'm just hanging out sure i'll watch some dennis the menace because it's so easy to get into and then watching it this time i was like I, I, i was having a similar experience that you were having of like oh i know this movie really well and i don't know why but like there would be things that'd be about to happen and i'm like that's about to happen. That's about to happen. And then Mm -hmm. it did. And so this has been, yeah, this has been a little, um, a little treasure just, just buried in the folds of my brain that has been unearthed this week.
1: Yeah. I feel like what a way to kick off this month of family movies. I feel like this is like really going to set the tone. This is like when we started when, with when Harry met Sally or I don't know if that was our first movie we did, but it was, you know, it's the peak and I hope we can keep that momentum going because this movie holds up, folks. I mean, I know that it's mm-hmm. like 1993, yes? 93, yeah. 93, but like, it's got some some layers. It's scary at times. It's funny. It is beautiful. I just, I just had such a great time watching it. And there's so much... I think this is a great script. And, like, God bless whoever wrote this script for giving Joan Plow write those moments. And I'll even write, uh, you know, Alice Mitchell, Leah Thompson. It's our, it's our first time talking about her, I think. Yeah. Well, God bless who wrote this script. John Hughes wrote this script. Oh, that's right. Thank you for that.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, and so, indeed, just to... to give some set and setting we have been doing these months we've been doing these themed months you all might remember when we celebrated gay pride with action movie month and then (laughs) we shifted into romantic comedy month and that's where we did when harry met sally and we had a bit of a misstep with was in seattle Mm -hmm. um but 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 then we got to the wedding date and boy did we have a good time with the wedding date uh love the wedding date So then we took a requisite little rest stop with the Berzatos and we did, we talked we had to talk about, you know, Dame Jamie Lee Curtis in the bear. (laughs) And that was really just to cleanse our palates for us to officially kick off this August, which is family movie month. And I 1000% agree with you that we are starting with just
1: like,
0: like a perfect example of, of, of what we're trying to do this month is talk about performances like Joan Plowright and Leah Thompson in a movie that, yeah, that John Hughes wrote, you know, it's like it has. And so it has that, that home alone Uncle Buck kind of thing. It's got that like adults getting injured and jokes that might fly over kids' heads and like mischievous little boys. Like it's it's all set in you know, it's all filmed in Chicago and essentially set there. Um, and so, yeah, like I also enjoyed the, the John Hughes-ness of it all.
1: Yeah, and honestly, I loved all these kids in the movie. That little Joey is so cute. I just want to pinch his little cheeks. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. It's like a little old man. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Oh, he's so cute.
0: His name is Kellen Hathaway. And of course, one wonders, do you have an older sister named Anne?
1: I wonder. I feel
0: like that would have been... I feel like that would have been made abundantly clear. So... um, Unfortunately, his his career ended in 1997. I don't know what happened. Maybe he went to college. He was born maybe in 1986, so I don't think I know when people go to college.
1: That's true. That's true. Uh, <laughs> he was probably
0: going into sixth grade. Um, yeah. I feel yeah. like
1: he's around the same age as us, maybe. He I is. I feel like he was he's... a little younger. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, he's basically... You're, you're 86, right? I'm an 86. And he, was, isn't it January he was born in? He was born in
0: October of 86. Oh. So he's a little bit younger his, than you. A,
1: okay, there we go. Yeah. Um, but I, I know that, um, you know, you've, you've talked about it before and I wouldn't say this is petulant teenager age, but um, I, I think Dennis is a good little actor. He's such a little ham. I think he's annoying, but it's like that's kind of the point at times. And I feel like he was really able to spar and keep up with these like titans of acting in this movie.
0: I mean, little Mason Gamble, who, you know, competed with 20,000 other little kids to get this role. Yeah. <laughs> is so good. He is so yeah. funny. I I feel like there wasn't a false note. There was no, there was zero cringe. I don't think I cringed once at Dennis. I think he was very, you know, it was um, reminiscent of, like, a Macaulay Colkin, but, like, I think even a little cuter. It was, like, Macaulay Colkin mixed with, like, you know, the charm of a young Dakota Fanning. Like, an I am
1: Sam Dakota yes. Fanning. Oh, yes. Not too precocious, but nope. precocious, precocious enough. Mm-hmm. Um... And just a smart kid too. Like I love that he knows so much, so much about ropes. You know, like it, mm-hmm. I, <laughs> it's a perfect like mix of comedy and like that he could. I mean, a lot of it was pretty outlandish. Let's be honest towards the end, but um, but I, you know, it's it's kind of believable because Mr. Wilson taught him about knots. You know, I kind of love that uh, added touch.
0: Yeah, it's I. I think they. In terms of, because obviously, Dennis the Menace was was a cartoon, and this is one of those. Okay, let's turn it into a movie, and I think this it was it was smart, like what how they turned this cartoon character into like a believable little kid in this movie, and and really captured you know the the menace of it all. But I, I in in general, I think what I appreciated was unlike a movie like problem child i wasn't
1: Oof. really annoyed by dennis at all agreed because mostly everything that he did he's just a hyperactive little kid like that's yeah you know he has adhd uh, Absolutely, by today's standards for sure he can't help but push a button but i tell you neither can i i'm a toucher yeah. i touch a lot of things yeah Um uh, you know. in toy stores um that's not even more creepy um you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> Dennis the Menace meet Nick the toucher. <laughs> I know. Naughty Nick, did I ever tell you that story? I think naughty I told you that Nick. story. Well, so Naughty I... Nick three thirteen was my first ever AOL screen name. I thought Jesus. I told you that. Jesus.
0: Oh, and now is it is it spelled N A U G H T Y or did you like
1: No spelled? Yeah, it was it was naughty traditionally spelled because my mom was on the phone with AOL. I remember it like it was yesterday. We we're all making our screen names and I don't know if I I, I think back to like you know Anna and Maya on that uh, uh-huh. episode, Baby yeah. Spice six six six. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and what was I it? Don't know diaper, I had... diaper. Oh, diaper fifty yeah, diaper... five. Yeah, something like that. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh my god. Um, and I don't know if I had like a list, but um, you know, I was kind of a bad kid, a, a naughty kid, if you will. But at this t- at this point, I was in sixth grade, so um, because three thirteen was my room number. And I was like, what about Naughty Nick three thirteen? And my mom was like, Yeah, that works. Not you know, like, not even knowing what the internet was and what, what is out there. But that was my screen name for a while. Wow. Naughty Nick. Naughty Nick. Just, you know, you've got mail, Naughty Nick. Entering the chat. Yes. And yet, Naughty just... <laughs> Nick
0: has entered the chat, 313.
1: <laughs> but oh. this was I was I went off on a tangent here, but I was trying to say um that everything that he does is unintentional and he always tries to fix it but by fixing it it always backfires you know he's always trying to mend his ways but it just it doesn't work out with for him
0: yeah he's got this like mr magoo quality where it's like it's all somewhat unintentional again unlike problem child side note have you ever watched the problem child movies
1: I remember. I mean, I remember. I did watch it, and I. I but I. I don't remember a lot of it. But I. Ugh. I do remember enough of him being like truly. Is doesn't someone fall in a truck of something near the end? Is there a probably, or...
0: probably, yeah. yeah. Oh my god, those movies. Those movies are the epitome of Saturday afternoons on USA. I like whenever I think of Problem Child, I think oh, it's on USA. I just like a '90s USA, and I've never watched. The entirety of it. There's something about those movies that just, I don't know. They make me so uncomfortable. I just, I don't want to have to endure them. I think that kid is the worst. And you know what? It's like, I'll watch John Ritter in something else.
1: Yeah, I'll watch Three's Company. Thank you very much. Yeah,
0: thank you very much. And there's always like, I feel like in those movies, it's like, there's always this over-the-top awful girlfriend. Like, I think it's this girl, yes. this woman, Flo, in Problem Child, played by Amy Azbeck, where she's just the most evil, god-awful character, and she gets, like, you know, locked in a porta potty and rolled down
1: a hill at the end, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's she plays Marion in Robin Hood Men in Tights. She's really good in that. Oh,
0: yeah. Um,
1: uh-huh. Made Marion, yes. Yeah, yeah. We um, might do that sometime. Who knows? She's also in The Mask. I heard, I think I was t- uh, listening to... Uh, Trixie and Katya today, and they said that Cameron Diaz was 19 when she made the mask.
0: Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I was just listening to that episode. So yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. So hot. It was insane. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. <sighs> yeah, and you yeah, know what's weird? Is... Sorry, yeah. I'm now I'm looking at Problem Child 2. Amy Yasbek is also in Problem Child 2 as a oh, new my character. Lord. What? Yeah. And the little girl Amy's in that movie twin. is such a jerk. Oh, my God. Oh my god! I don't want to talk about problem child anymore. Ah, oh.
1: yeah, let's let's steer away. Yeah, it's upsetting. <laughs>
0: Ugh, stop making me talk about it. You know, I
1: know. I'm sorry. I even you keep bringing. It up. I, I don't know
0: how we got there. I don't even I, know. Enough, Amy. Amy Asbeck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, no. I think we got there because Dennis the Menace is not problem child. He's he's a sweetie dotty, and maybe that's because he's got such sweet little parents played by Leah Thompson, who plays Alice Mitchell, and then Robert Stanton, who plays Henry Mitchell, who,
1: am I wrong, kind of hot in this movie. I was just going to say, he can get it. I really think there's something about him that's, I don't know, I don't know who I would compare him to. He's kind of like every actor and kind of not at the same time, but I'm into it. He's just kind of like a docile, nice dad. He's not a mean dad. I think he knows that Dennis is a piece of work And they make a really good team together.
0: I feel like if there was a remake of this at some point in the last like 10 years or whatever, he might be played by Ed Helms. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, fun fact, Robert Stanton is technically an alum of the podcast (gasps) because he was in a league of their own. You may remember him yelling, it's a letter from the war department. He's the guy who delivers the telegram about Betty Spaghetti's husband.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pivotal role.
0: Pivotal role. You know, and Betty Spaghetti played by Tracy Reiner, the daughter of Penny Marshall. Rob. Oh, and, I was like, and, Rob Reiner? And, and Rob Reiner. And, and no, no. Well, uh, yes. And Rob Reiner, because Penny, Penny Marshall and Rob Reiner were a couple. I didn't know that Whoa. until I listened to the book. My mother was nuts.
1: Yes, that's right. My, my mother, mother was, was nuts. nuts.
0: Uh, my mother was nuts. I'm Petty Marshall, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, and Tracy was her daughter, and Tracy got to play Betty Spaghetti, and uh, he wow. got to give her that news. So that's how that all connects. Uh,
1: yeah. yeah I, I'm. I know we haven't talked about Leah Thompson, but I just think she's so beautiful in this movie. I think she was like 32 years old or something, and I feel like she was. Like, what happened to Leah Thompson? But I also know she's been in some stuff recently. I feel like she was in, like, I don't know, like, Riverdale or some shit. Like, some teenage Netflix slash Hulu show. I don't know what it is. Some serious show. But she was, like, a staple of the 90s. Like what, She was. What would you say is her claim to fame? Like, besides, I guess, Back to the Future? I mean
0: I would say for a lot of people it's back to the future I would say for for some 90s kids it might be the television show Caroline in the City
1: Oh yeah Is that but what I it never was called? in I the was, city I, yeah yeah I think um I mean I was too young for that I don't I remember the title for sure I remember watching it cuz I kind of feel like Caroline in the City and the one with Brooke Shields
0: Suddenly Susan I used to think of them as kind of like A, you know they they, they kind of lived in the city yeah that era news radio like it was that era of television and that's uh, interesting yeah i feel like i honestly in at this point in life you know i would love to see what 1995 through 1999's caroline in the city looks like and feels like because i don't know like what if it's super charming what if it's great
1: you know, I know. Folks, chime in if you if you've watched it. What it what what's it like?
0: Yeah, yeah. Should I rewatch old episodes of Carolina in the City? Weigh in on the comments below. Who else was in that? Malcolm Gets. Oh my god, he's a Broadway Getz. guy. Oh, is he? That makes sense. Yeah, um, I'm sort of okay. fascinated by her little friend Annie, played by Amy Pietz. Pets, pets, P-I-E-T-Z? I think she had a. <laughs> she had a, I believe, a short run on The Office as a girlfriend of Michael's. Oh, there it
1: is. Yeah. But and. Was in Carol-
0: oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, sorry. She's also in Jingle All the Way, which we'll probably eventually do one day so we can talk about Razzie oh, Award nominee, gosh. Rita Wilson.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, she's great in that. Oh, she's the reason to watch. Sorry. Who else did you say Carol was in Caroline in the City? Um, Robert Gant, who was in like, um, the original Queer Eye, was he of not? Of course. Yes. Yeah. He was, uh, Michael's hot boyfriend. Yeah. He popped up on like, I don't know, like my Instagram feed of like, you know, when you search and it's just like porn. <laughs> like for, oh yeah. Cause like, yeah. it just shows you like naked men and you're like, all right, I get it. I'm gay. It's like drag race and naked men. And I oh, saw yeah. Robert Gant and it was like a picture of him when he was super young. Um, and I was like, who is he? Cause he is a hunk. He is. Was I a mean, thug. still is.
0: He still is. He. I mean, I would like to age like this. You know, yeah. I'd like to. I'd like to be a a smidge of this. But yeah, he's a cutie patootie. Uh, and I know what you mean about Instagram. Every time I go to search, it's just like, please follow these thirst traps. And I'm like, no. I know. No, I feel bad about myself enough as
1: it is. <laughs> I know. I. Um, but this is all to say, Leah Thompson is a dream in this, and I really do appreciate. Uh, almost called him John Waters. John Hughes. Um, like his sort of attention to the women in this movie and not making them these sort of one dimensional you know, the moms, for lack of a better word, that we that we're so used to and like a typical nineties movie. You know, Mrs. Mrs. Wilson, Alice, it, like she's going back to work, she's working part time, um, and really killing it. I loved her idea of putting the toy store on the third floor. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that that was a really, I didn't remember that and was a nice touch. That one of the plot points is that I think Dennis says at one point to one of the Wilsons, like, oh, my mom's got to go back to work because we're poor. Uh, so my mom's going go back to work. I think he says yep. that to, to Martha. But I yep. love that, that it was like there was this added story about, you know, Alice Mitchell, a character who up until this point we've only ever seen as kind of this leave it to beaver kind of just, you know, mom in the dress in the kitchen going, oh, Dennis, you know, in the cartoons. And so I thought it was so smart to modernize that character by having her go get a job. And, and I was like so concerned that it was going to be ultimately like she was going to leave that job at the end to spend more time with Dennis. But instead it was like, no, I'm still going to keep working, but now they're going to start a daycare at the work, like, or at the office. So I was like, wow. All right, 1993. Way to give Alice Mitchell, like... I don't know, maybe a bit of a feminist narrative.
1: Yeah, and really it's like the catalyst for everything that happens in the movie. Like we meet, you know, Margaret Wade and Joey because she has to drop Dennis off because she has to work. And we also have to, you know, Dennis stays with the Wilsons because she has to travel for work. And so does Mr. Um, Not Mr. Wilson, but Mr. Mitchell. So it's, it all like works out beautifully.
0: Now you have, you have mentioned the name Margaret And I think it's at this point we need to recognize that you and I may be the only podcasters uh, in the world to have covered this much of Amy Sackisitz's career in such depth. (laughs) I know. And I just need you to know that, that you have that legacy, that you are one of the premier Amy Sackisitz podcasters.
1: Oh, I know. I love her. I mean, what was the other movie? Why am I blanking? It was a Little Princess or House Arrest. House Arrest. Why did I think it was a Little Princess? I don't know. She, she could, could be have been a Little Princess too. She to looks
0: like the one with the glasses in a Little Princess. The she little, does. Oh, the little I thick one. Her. Yeah. Um. She's only in four movies, and we—if you ever want to talk about a Home of Our Own, also from 1993, starring <laughs> Kathy Bates. Uh, or you want to talk about Mad Love with an adorable Chris O'Donnell and and a uh, 1995's uh, Drew Barrymore? We may complete wow. the Amy Saccozit cycle.
1: Oh my gosh, I love it! This is now an official, unofficial Amy Saccozit's yeah uh, podcast. I I love it. I love Margaret Wade. I think she, I, speaking of like a feminist storyline, she doesn't put up with the boys' shit. She is a bit of a meanie, but she doesn't like. <laughs> The one I think Joey's line where he's like, "We could bury you alive," and she's like, "I could pound your face." <laughs> oh so yeah, funny. She's such a like. Oh my god, she
0: it's she's like straight out of like the movie Little Rascals. Like she's oh, so sure. she's so broad and weird, and I love it. And I'm realizing there's one other detail I need to talk to you about, Amy, regarding Miss Amy Sacasits Uh so she was born in 1985 in a town called Washington, New Jersey, and I'm not really quite sure where that is. But she apparently uh, moved then to Bridgewater, New Jersey, where she attended high school. And my mom got remarried in 1999, and we moved to Bridgewater. And I, I was already set to go to St. Joe's, the all boys Catholic high school, but I feel like there was a brief consideration of Bridgewater Raritan High School. What I'm trying to tell you is I almost went to <gasps> high school with Amy Sackisitz. Whoa. I would have been in the same grade as her. I might have been friends with her. I might have been like, hey, I really liked House Arrest. Can you tell me about Caroline Aaron with her? <laughs> so I just like this is there is a reason this is the premier Amy Sackisitz podcast, because I was almost childhood friends with Amy Sackisitz. Whoa. That's
1: awesome. That's so cool.
0: I know. Is that nuts? Um, so, missed opportunities. I ended up going to all boys Catholic high school, and I'm still wearing the trauma from it ever since. So it all worked out for the
1: best. That's right. You could have been. You Whoa. Start Mm. that sentence over again. I was going to say you could have been kissing her baby doll's butts. You know. I wish.
0: I wish I could have been kissing. You know, baby, baby Lucy's little. You know, uh, ratty little behind. But instead, yeah, Baby Louise. She's, baby uh, Louise. she's a
1: uh, she's an antique. collector's item.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I loved I, her little treehouse. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, says, yeah, no, I I think that she is very funny in this. I think that she was like these kids had all of the room to be incredibly annoying, and I thought they were kind of cute.
1: Oh, they're so cute, and and just like that that cutaway when Dennis runs away and she's like, "I lost the only man I've ever loved." It's uh, so like. Helga Pataki from Hey Arnold, you know what I mean? Yes, yes, yeah. and she's sitting
0: in that, like, upstairs window, and oh, my God, she's great. She, what a
1: what a weirdo. I know, I loved it. I love their treehouse. Like, I have very vivid memories of, like, them painting, and I was like, oh, my God, they're hanging curtains. This is so nice. Like, mm-hmm. I was so jealous. And so, I mean, the core memories in this, like, uh, like, the, the phone call monta- the montage of Don't Hang Up, that song, like when they're yes. trying to find a babysitter, and, like, the phones and the clicking, um, the woods, like, just... them There's a lot of scary moments in this movie. When they're, like, putting up the curtains in that treehouse and Christopher Lloyd is just, like, looming down below, I g- <laughs> gasped. Yeah, I mean,
0: one thing to note is that the, the director, Nick Castle, has directed, like... A lot of things, but he's directed like a few of the Halloween movies, and I feel no like
1: way.
0: I could see that in this because basically Christopher Lloyd um, is like a version of Michael Myers, just like wandering around this town and just like striking, but instead of killing people, he's stealing babies and pocketbooks and eventually Mr. Wilson's you know gold coins. But let's
1: uh, let's take a pause on podcast alum christopher lloyd uh i mean who is this is a halloween costume like if i could find that turtleneck
0: Mm -hmm. that stripey turtleneck yeah yeah um yeah so you know for anyone who doesn't know because i love to just like act as if these people are now like part of our lives because we talked (laughs) about them in a podcast (laughs) before but we did talk about christopher lloyd and adam's family values and i feel like there was something else right uh, clue. Clue! Yes. Yes. The clue, and then I, why do I feel like there was one more thing that he popped up? And I was know. Like, oh, oh you know what it is?
1: Hmm? I know what it is. I wish I could, like, play a game with you. Oh, kind
0: of... yeah. 25000 uh, thousand dollar pyramid.
1: I know, right? So I will say this is a movie where he was surrounded by a bevy of older women that we love. <gasps>
0: queen bees. Yes. Oh, you yeah, would have never gotten that. notes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. That's great. So so we're, you know, we're big fans. Um, but in some way, like I I would look at this as like this character, the switchblade Sam. This to me feels like
1: something that would be like a traumatizing memory for a lot of kids our age. Honestly, yes. I mean, when Dennis is in the woods riding his bike at the very, like, when he gets, like, sort of caught by him and he just turns around, I would die of a heart attack. Oh, it was... that is
0: so scary. What a jump scare in a horror movie. That's exactly... And it was a jump
1: scare in, like, a a video game. It was so scary. I know. I'm surprised Dennis didn't scream. He just gasps. But maybe, like, he just couldn't... He was so scared that he couldn't scream because that's how I would be, too. But... This man is filthy. Like, he does not fit in this, like, world at all, this neighborhood. And he's just traipsing around like that cop that sort of, like, says, Hey, buddy, what what's going on here? And kind of gives him, like, a, I don't want any trouble out of you. I'd be like, You're a serial killer. Let's go downtown and I'm going to see if you're, you know, <laughs> yeah, how many right? Robbed.
0: Why would you just, like, let this you know let this guy just wander away like all right well i better not see any you know any problems from you and it's like excuse me look at him look at, look him. at his teeth yeah look at those
1: teeth oh Ugh. god
0: uh you know i i need to correct myself here uh he did not direct the halloween movies he played the the director of this movie nick castle he played michael myers in the original halloween and then again in like the remake so this guy like he's directed some other like you know genre movies but yeah no this guy uh was he knew exactly what he was doing sorry i had to just resolve that it was like no that's good i'm glad yeah Yeah. um but anyway goodness. uh I, but certainly it does feel like he took some of his inspiration as, as Michael Myers in, in Halloween and, and suggested it for Christopher Lloyd because he's just he's just everywhere and he's just kind of calmly walking around and, um, and yeah, once he gets Dennis, I was like, there was a moment where I was like, what's gonna happen here? Like, is he gonna tie him up? You know what I mean? Like, how yeah. dark is
1: this gonna get? Yeah, because like, I'm thinking of like what the movie would have been like if Christopher Lloyd wasn't in the movie, like could the cause it still probably could have held up. Like Dennis could have still ran away to the treehouse. No one would have found him, you know, like maybe he just spent the night there and maybe he came back, but you kind of needed it at the same time too. It definitely added to the stakes. Um, it is kind and, of a weird it, subplot, yeah.
0: right? It's yeah. like kind of an intense subplot when there's like all of these antics with Mr. Wilson, who we haven't even talked about yet. And then there's this like formidable threat wandering the neighborhood
1: yeah it's oh god it's so terrifying and one of my favorite parts i mentioned it in the after show last week i think when he steals that apple from that cross-eyed little boy and he's like an apple
0: <laughs> yeah oh well i read in the trivia that apparently after that that little kid like wouldn't go near him on set yes i mean apple.
1: neither would i i mean neither can you imagine being like a mother washing dishes and just seeing that man looming over your child with a knife yeah
0: Oh, I oh. just there is that feeling of like especially in this gorgeous neighborhood they live in. <gasps> stunning, oh, so stunning. I yearn for
1: this. I yearn for this Same. kind of thing. Same, what is oh. that? Why why are we like drooling over this? Is it just I like nostalgia? It's probably a bit of nostalgia and I mean I know it's just
0: like the the sense of space and openness and peace and like trees and I don't know, especially living in New York, I crave this so hard. I, I feel like whenever I'm in suburbs like this, my like sense my my
1: anxiety goes away. My blood pressure goes down. I am a happier person in places like this. You know what was the peak? I agree with everything you're saying, first of all. And I think the peak moment of like serotonin i think for me or like that i was like oh my god yes was when they were playing hide and seek (gasps) yes in the neighborhood yes and they're just running around and like george and martha are on their porch yes and martha's just doing some needlework i was like i remember this and like we didn't have a big neighborhood when i was growing up but we had the neighborhood like we had at least like 10 kids Mm -hmm. that would run around and there'd always be bikes in the front yard and i was just like oh yeah, it it just really overwhelmed me in the best way possible. Oh, it's like it, you know, it, it's kind of the, it's that bittersweet feeling
0: of 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 uh, nostalgia. But absolutely, especially exactly what you're talking about the the kids playing hide and seek and the Wilsons on the porch. I was just like, God, I just this all just feels so good. And I I feel like yeah, I definitely had like a version of this, maybe like different, but a variation of this where I remember being one of those kids running around outside in the summer, like catching, you know. Uh, I guess they're called fireflies. What are they called? Yeah,
1: fireflies. Yeah, right. We call them yeah. lightning bugs. In, lightning uh, bugs, Western Pennsylvania. Yeah, no, but I don't what, know. Yeah,
0: that's what we called them. Is light? I was, okay, I was trying yeah. to think of. Yeah, we would we would punch, puncture some holes in a margarine jar lid, and then we ca- capture a bunch of you know lightning bugs in in these little containers. And it was yeah, I don't know. It was it was so just that feeling. I feel like there's there's this certain. Sense of sweaty
1: exhaustion that I feel like yes. I
0: crave from that time.
1: Oh God, I know summer when you were like that age. Like, you know, it got dark and then like the streetlight would come on and that was our cue to come home. Mm-hmm. And sometimes my mom would. <laughs> it wouldn't happen at like nighttime, but my mom, like, if we were in the pool that day, she's like, "Ah, you were in the pool. You don't need to take a bath." And we we're like,
0: yeah. "Right, yeah, yeah, yeah." Uh,
1: yeah, it's like you're it covered in chlorine. Like... You're clean. Yeah. I think the perfect summer day is, like, when I was younger, my dad always worked full-time, so he wasn't, like, really around. But he was around, you know, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. But um, we would do whatever. We would just be by the pool all day. And, like, I'd have some friends over. We'd run around. My mom, you know, you come out of the pool. You get, like, a, a, like a, a turkey sandwich. You put some chips on it. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it just hits differently. And you keep swimming. And then dad comes home and maybe you order pizza that would be like the best case scenario or you know maybe it's like one of your favorite dinners and then after dinner you go and get some ice cream that's <sighs> and you're and like sunburned Rita's... a little bit and you change mm-hmm. and like, it's like when you go to the beach you know those hours between like the beach day and like when you go out oh yes uh, for dinner later are some of the best some of the best moments
0: <laughs> oh absolutely oh my god I, I this is the this is the happiness that i am Looking forward yeah. my life. Yeah. It's yes. that feeling. It's whatever feeling is produced from that trip to the Dairy Queen at eight fifteen or whatever, just or 7 seven forty five or just as evening's coming. And then by the time you get home with your dilly bar, it's dark out, you know?
1: and then a uh, maybe on the way home you stop at like a hollywood video <gasps> and and then mom mom says okay you could each pick out one cuz we had to yep and then you and watch you, jumanji or something yes. when you get home like and ugh. you rent
0: Dennis the Menace yeah.
1: yeah yeah oh my god it really took me there i i just i didn't expect it but you're right there's something about this neighborhood because i i yearn for the suburbs now like i feel like it's creeping up on me a little bit like i do love the city and i don't i don't think we're moving anytime soon because there is the other side of that the grass is always greener literally yeah the suburbs like i feel like i would be very i would like move there and i would love the space and the yard but then i would just feel very sad i don't don't know Mm -hmm. how to describe it i feel like lonely i don't know I think that
0: that is the other side of it is like, I think that it there is, there can be a sense of isolation in the suburbs as well. And I feel like that, yeah, I, you know, I, it, it, the grass is probably certainly always greener and, um, I don't know. I, I guess the ideal is that you move to a suburb where you have friends in the neighborhood. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's true. I th- I have and where you can, yeah, you can take advantage of, or people can come visit, and you know, or yeah, you can take advantage of the backyard and the space and the you know the island counter in the kitchen. God, God willing, you know. Ah, um, oh, yes. Yeah, I know. That's uh, and I, you know, I feel like nostalgia is, and I think this month, given this, the subject matter, we're probably gonna come back to this topic very often of nostalgia and I feel like it's a bit it's always a strong feeling I think everybody will always feel that their nostalgia is you know is the nostalgia I feel like you know not to bring COVID into the conversation sure. and I know we're not even technically post COVID because I just saw my first TikTok again of a family doctor saying COVID cases are up and I was like oh God. I saw that too yeah I was like we're back to this I, I if I, I just I can't if I hear the word "surge" one more time, I'm just gonna put a fucking mask on. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, but uh, so I'm not saying you know. But like post the beginning of COVID, I guess I just feel like, and and this is me very much editorializing, and I can't speak for everybody. But I certainly there's a TikTok trend of this of so the past few years, just being like what is this reality? I don't want to be present in it. I don't need, I don't, I'm not enjoying this narrative, you know, in, Mm -hmm. in general. And so I kind of feel like that gives way to like a stronger, like turn towards nostalgia and like a stronger sense of nostalgia. Cause we look back at this, I look back at, you know, 2018 and I'm like, Oh, the good old days, you know, because (sighs) it's just, it's that relative feeling of like, yeah, but at least it, it's not what the past three years have been.
1: Yeah, I hear you. It's just, I don't know. And I, I know we were just talking about like the death of reboot culture, like last week or the week before too. It's like I, I think like when it first came on to the scene, everyone was so glad to see it. Like, and I can't remember what those first couple shows or movies were that were mm, like oh my Fuller God, House, yeah, this is, you know? Yeah, honestly, I feel mm-hmm. like that's that's a great example actually, where it's just like, oh, it's like the band's getting back together and it's my band. It's like, we really, I felt like ownership of that. And it, it, it was like pandering to the millennials, but like other people too, like my parents would, if they would use their Netflix account that I gave them, they right. would probably watch it, you know? Um, but you're right. It's like, even a couple years back, it's, it's I'm, I'm nostalgic for that. It, it's, I don't know, the shift it it feels like no time has passed from twenty twenty, and it feels also feels like sixteen years have passed.
0: Yeah, yeah, and years that I just feel like I've lost. I have no sense of. It's like I don't know what happened the past few years, and I, you know, everyone could probably say that. But it's it, and you know, what's interesting as you were saying that about like reboot culture and kind of that being like the function of. Like, the way people respond to nostalgia is, like, by rebooting things they love. And, you know, you could say that there's a variation that, like, Dennis the Menace is just doing what Greta Gerwig was doing with Barbie now. You know what I mean? Like, where you're just taking something and, like, rebooting it into something else. And, like, I I think that, like, there are situations like a Dennis the Menace or the Barbie where I'm like, yeah, if you're going to do something interesting with it, go to town. If you're not going to just do, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with Chris Pratt, then, like... <laughs> Go for it, you yes. know? Um, but I think then there's the other side of it of, like, there's there's rebooting stuff that we love to see, you know, the updated version of today. And then there's, like, the going back and the revisiting and, like, what we're kind of doing with these movies and what we're kind of doing all the time is, like, going back and watching something from 90, 1993 and having that be, like, the entry point to, like, this whole potentially somewhat fictional memory that we like yearn for you know what i mean like yeah that's how we're like accessing our or working through our
1: nostalgia yeah it's also just like being an adult is, being an adult being adult being an adult i can't even form the sentence is, yeah is hard and i think maybe that's what i'm yearning for too more than anything is just like that ease of just like your only responsibility is to go to elementary school come home and play and be with your family
0: Right, right. You know, it's like I remember when I was Dennis, and now suddenly I'm Mr. Wilson. I'm I'm not even. when am I? I'm not even Mr. Mitchell. You know what I mean? Yes. Have I missed my Mr. Mitchell? You? My Mr. I can't. I can't even speak. I know. We're both yeah. having strokes on this podcast. Um. But did I miss my Mr. Mitchell years? You know what I mean? Like, it, I think I,
1: we're in it right now. I think we're in it. You know. I think we it's are. Like, yeah. I'd say he's probably like thirty five, thirty eight ish. You know, Leah Thompson yeah. was thirty two, but. I don't know. It's it's interesting, but yeah, I love. That. We are kind of um, Mr. Wilson in a way too. We
0: are, and you know, and I think that's a a, a fabulous transition to finally uh, talk about Walter, alum of the podcast from uh, Cactus
1: Flower. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, Walter Matthau as Mr. Wilson. I think a tour de force performance. I think this is like such a great. I don't want to say comeback role for him because I don't really know where he was in his life at this point, too. But I think he really gets to do a lot in this movie. I know. Obviously, he wasn't doing. I, I'm fascinated by the split in this movie. Oh. was it like was it like a Jumanji thing where they like his waist was halfway in the floor? Like, how did they do it?
0: That's what I think it was. I was that. Yeah. That's how it seemed to me. Like he, he was just like you know sticking out of a hole in the floor, and those were two fake legs. Yeah, <laughs> it was
1: pretty impressive.
0: I loved it. Yeah, and it's one yeah. of those gags where like the longer you look at it, the more you can tell they're fake legs. But that's kind of part of the gag. You know what I mean? Is is yeah. the being these like silly fake legs? Yeah. Um, well, just to give you a sense of Marco, you need to go con- get. Hold on one second. Go on, get. Go on, get marco the menace um so let's see so at this point in his career oh he had a, a role in in 1991's jfk but i feel like everybody was in that so you yeah, know it it's interesting JFK. yeah like ever, i've never seen it you know we may never do jfk let's see how long it is let's Don't see if we're. So. Gonna i do think JFK. i
1: had to watch it in college for like a history class and i fell asleep
0: Three hours and nine minutes. Oh Ew, my God! It's what is longer this, Oppenheimer? Than Oppenheimer, yeah. I know. Um, but oh, it just had absolutely everybody in it. Oh, Jack Lemmon was in it too. How do you like that? Um, um, yeah. But you know, Walter Matthau. This was right before, uh, or the same year as Grumpy Old Men.
1: Oh, what a year! Oh,
0: Grumpy Old Men. This was like really Walter good. Matthau's like old man era because. It was brief, but he did. It's this kicked it off. I really think he did. Dennis the Menace, and then Grumpy Old Men, and then there was something called Incident in a Small Town. I don't know what that was. But then he was in IQ with Meg Ryan. Is <gasps> oh Albert my Einstein? God. Yes. Yeah. Then he was in Grumpy Old Men in '95. A worthy sequel. Oh, fabulous! It might even surpass the original. We'll probably do yep. an episode on Grumpy oh. Old Men. Honestly, Sophia I think. Sophia Loren. Yeah. Oh, my God. Because Grumpy's great, but Grumpier is my favorite. Uh, (laughs) It's so good. And then a year later, he was in Out to Sea with Elaine Stritch, where she has the infamous line, I need a crap and a nap.
1: Oh, my God. And Jack Lemmon was in that, too, right? Yes. It's like a buddy comedy.
0: Yep. Then they were in The Odd Couple 2 in 1998, which I'm realizing I have seen more than once like, if I watched that today, my brain would explode with just like... I
1: don't think I've seen it, but yeah. You...
0: Yeah. I, I, Oh, Christine Bransky's in it. And Gene Smart. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. You love them. um, And I then, to wrap up, then he was in something called The Marriage Full. I don't, I don't know what that was. But then his final, his final credit was 2000's Hanging Up, which is terrible. Oh, no. Do you know about is Hanging Up? Is he an up? Oscar
1: winner? I don't remember Hanging Up.
0: Uh, Hanging Up, and I'll answer your question in a second. Hanging Up yeah. is directed by Diane Keaton, written by the Efron sisters, and starring okay. Diane, Meg, and Lisa Kudrow as three sisters of a squirrely old man played by Walter Matthau. Oh, my gosh. Cloris Leachman's in it. Edie McClurg's in it. I mean, Celia Weston's in it? <gasps> Oh, we're doing, but you said up. it's trash. It's you it's terrible. It's a ter- oh, it's it's no. kind of like a because I said so. It's like one of those dips in Diane's career. But honestly, if we wanted to do, remember we talked about doing like bad movies, like the Women remake. That's
1: right. That's right.
0: I would do Hanging Up. <laughs> put it on, the list. It. Put it I'll on put the list. Just put it on. the list. Yeah. Put it on the list. Now you asked an important question: Is Walter Matthau an Oscar
1: winner? I feel like he's a BSA really. Well, the best Supporting Actor.
0: You are correct. He won an Oscar, um, but he actually, he was nominated for Best Supporting Ac- Actor. Um... Oh, no, you're right. He won Best Supporting Actor in 1967 for The Fortune Cookie. Oh, and then wow. he was nominated um, for Best Actor yeah, yeah. twice in 90,
1: 1976 and 72. Huh. Oh, that's cool. He's a BSA. He's a BSA? Oh, gosh. He's so good in this. I feel like cuz honestly at the beginning of this movie I'm team like we said we're in our Mr. Wilson years. I yes. think it is outlandish that this boy just walked into this house. Like where was Martha? I was concerned because I was like shit is Joan Plowright like not in this movie at all. But then she came on the scene very very shortly after. She's probably in the garden, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's you know putting some things up on the line, who knows. Yeah, she's making breakfast, but um you know he runs up and he sh- shoots that aspirin down his throat too but yeah this kid is a nightmare like also I would have woken up far earlier with than like it was weird like he was like climbing on top of him I was like I think you need to wake up now Mr. Wilson because this is getting a little uncomfortable but you know well, it's all for the he, sake of comedy
0: he was pretending to be asleep
1: yes I know but oh also... okay. yeah I know yeah sorry no I, the, the I way like, that I set that up yeah yeah was I <laughs> I was like because he was sound asleep Colin I don't know if yeah, you it's noticed. like
0: no remember that whole thing where he like got into bed and then he pretended
1: <laughs> yeah suddenly I'm the little boy with crossed eyes yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh no I I but it's just like get out of my house, kid. You know, I, I just feel like he had too much rain over, like, just, a, like, it was nuts. But again, he's just trying to help Mr. Wilson because he thought he had a fever. Yeah. And uh, ended up, like, almost killing him. But, you know, you I, could I tell do... you what, like... Oh, god, go ahead. I was going to say, you could do one of those,
0: like, horror movie trailer recuts for Dennis the Menace.
1: Oh, absolutely, with Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, what were you going to say? I I just... I mean, I know we're still talking about Mr. Wilson, too, but, like, it's it's leading to the eventual Martha yes. conversation, too. But I just think that she, I would only want to move to the suburbs if she was my neighbor. I'd want, like, mm. a bunch of cool 40-year-old couples that don't have kids. Yes. And just have dogs or cats. And then I would want, like, a whole bunch of Martha Wilsons just, like, kind of scattered. Yeah. Because I would just, like, be binchers. over there all day. Yeah. Oh, God. Cheek pinchers, yes. But Martha uh, is way cooler than the other cheek pinchers.
0: She, no, I Martha's guess we're getting great. into
1: this, right? Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, we're getting into it. We're getting into Martha. We're getting into Martha Wilson. Uh, we're getting into Dame Baroness Joan Plowright Best Supporting Actress Oscar nominee for Enchanted okay. April. Uh, which was one of those movies where I was like, oh, Enchanted April, A Room with a View, Howard's End. I wouldn't watch any of these. But then all the reviews were like, it's the perfect movie. And I thought, you know, and it was like an hour and 35 minutes. I thought, you know what? Maybe I'll check out Enchanted April. Maybe you should. Maybe I should. uh, Put it on a list, if you will. (laughs) But, you know, and, and part of that is because I realized as I scrolled through her IMDb, I have actually not seen Joan Plowright in anything else other than Dennis the Menace.
1: I feel probably the same for me which is such a shame.
0: It's crazy. I mean she's got a, an extensive movie career, she had an extensive stage career obviously I wouldn't have seen that. But here I was feeling like oh man me and Joan Plowright we go way back nothing. I I've never even seen 101 Dalmatians where she played nanny.
1: Oh my gosh. I like the like the the live action one if you will like with the Glenn uh, Jeff one. Daniels. The Glenn one. I've seen it and I don't remember her in it but I feel like once I could probably look up a picture, obviously, but, um, God, she is so fucking good in this movie, and I, like, the relationship between Martha and George, uh, George and Martha, <gasps> another George and Martha, oh, oh I love that. God. Ah, and, like, very, like, just, like, a more, like, passive-aggressive version of it, like, they don't have, like, he, you know, he's at a 10, but she's mm-hmm. more at a very, like, she's at a three, but she'll throw some, like, shade at him. Like, weren't you a fat boy, George? I love oh, that. Oh,
0: can line. you imagine Walter Matthau and Joan Plowright doing Edward Albee's, who's afraid of Virginia Wolf"? I mean, oh my I don't know what? why I had to qualify Edward Albee's. I was just thinking, like, that George and Martha, you know? With Leah Thompson as honey. <laughs> yeah, honestly, the four He's of so them. so good. And the husband, yes. and, and all four of them, honestly, recast Walter Matthau, oh. Joan Plowright. Robert Stanton and Leah Thompson as Honey in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? I'd I'd pay good money to see that. Oh, oh my, my god! Gosh. And then Mason Gamble would play the imaginary son, of
1: course. Of course, yes. Yeah. Dennis. Oh, uh,
0: oh my god! I yeah, but honestly, like thinking of because they're you know Walter Matthau and John Plowright are incredible actors, and and they're you know they could do this movie in their sleep. But when you think about like George and who's afraid of Virginia Wolf, he is kind of this like schlumpy, worn down guy. And like Martha is like this powerhouse and like Joan Plowright just has like such big features, big eyes and a big wide nose. And it's like, Oh, <clears throat> actually
1: that would be pretty incredible. You guys would be perfect in those roles. Yeah, I want to see Mascara running down her face. You know, I oh. want to see her on the floor. I want to yeah. see the, the the gun with the umbrella at the end of it.
0: Yes, yeah. I just, I i I want to see Martha, I want to see Joan Plowright go, what a dump, you know? I, she probably wouldn't do it oh. in the Joan Plowright way, but, like, I want to see Joan Plowright get, get into, like, the Martha, you know? I want to see
1: her get dirty. Yeah. I mean, in this movie, too, it's like she's she's obviously underappreciated like he doesn't realize how great Martha is and how much that like she takes care of him and really I mean it might be George's garden but it's Martha's house (laughs) I want Mm -hmm. that on a tote bag you know yes absolutely Um, yeah it's it's not it's not like she it's you know this the age-old quote of like the man might be the head of the house but the woman is the neck in a way too but I I love her quietness in this movie. Like I, I think that like the way that she can just give him a glance, like "Don't start, dear." Like whenever mm-hmm. Dennis comes to stay with them, and she gives him like a sort of death stare, and he sort of acquiesces in a way. I, I think, I, I love the escalation of this too, especially when like Dennis, like that's where it really picks up when Dennis has to stay with them, and she gets a taste of what it's like to care for a child i'm surprised and maybe this happened before you know in my dennis the menace fan fiction you know maybe she babysat for dennis earlier but and i love that there's layers to this because we really we kind of know and we kind of don't like why they couldn't have kids but they didn't they say something like it's it was out of both of our hands or something yeah. like yeah
0: yeah so they never really say what it is but yeah that they, they were not it wasn't like he had said, no, we can't have kids. It was, it was interesting how they like, didn't fully explain, you know, the reason, but indeed like um, that was, I mean, kind of similar to like Alice, you know, kind of going back to work. We get this richer narrative of Martha's of like, you can tell, and especially when Dennis comes to stay with them, how much she yearns to have a child of her own. And like a lot of that is played in these like little notes that, Joan Plowright plays and it you know it and, and then you know she, she for about 3 minutes they give her the
1: movie. Ah. Uh, I it's, mean it's uh, so good. I you know I mean it starts out she puts him tucks him in the bed and I love how Dennis like granted he's like annoying and asks a million questions but she just answers them, you know? Mm-hmm. She's just like and they have like such an adult conversation about like heaven and like he asks where her mom is and then like she thinks about it for a second and then says, like, can can I recite you a poem that my mother used to recite to me before bed? And I think Dennis is like, what's it about or something? And I don't know. There's like and but she ends up doing it. And it's just the most beautiful three minutes of like 1993. <laughs> like, oh, of all yeah. Time. Of all time. It is yeah. so special. I want to like listen to it every night before bed. I'm just going to put my headphones on and just drift off to sleep
0: yeah, Martha reciting wink and blink and a nod. It, it's she has the most calming voice. and it's yes. it's this kind of beautiful moment where, like, yeah, she then kind of becomes this this narrator, while, well, the dad's in Chicago and the mom's in Oklahoma, and they're all missing each other. and and I just i and and then when she finishes the poem and then Dennis falls asleep, she has this like knowing look at the <sighs> moon or at him, where she's, it it reminds me of, like, Yu Yoo Jung Yoon, in uh, which I always pronounce that name, that name wrong, obviously, uh, mm-hmm. in Minari, with that look that she has at the table at the ends, where she's like, yes. oh my God, all that you were saying with one look. And yeah. it's just a beautiful moment of you really can see in Martha's eyes, like how much she wanted this. And. Wanted a little kid to ask her a thousand questions. You know, it. It. I've been rewatching Roni, and it reminds me of Dorinda Medley talking about taking care of Richard in his final days, and she says, "It wasn't
1: a burden; it was an honor." I know. <laughs> oh God, it I was love an it honor. It's so sweet and so sad. It's so beautiful. Is that the London episode? It's
0: like right before because I did just recently okay. rewatch the London episode because <sighs> I just wanted to reexperience so it. Okay. It's, it really is, like, not to, we'll we'll save it for the after show because that's where we go on our Roni tangents, but, like, it really, in retrospect, and having watched so much other Roni, this show does not slow down like that and just, like, let a storyline like that play out ever. Like, it's just, it's so special when Dorinda, Doris, and Carol go to London.
1: I know. Where's their Emmy? I mean, you're giving Emmy nominations to Vanderpump Rules. I oh. mean, You know. Meanwhile, you know Bethany's on TikTok putting cottage cheese on everything
0: and telling you to fight with her about it in the comments. God, that we're gonna talk about in the after show. Bethany. Yeah,
1: I need to like write this down because like we need to remember to talk about it. Yeah. Oh God, I mean that that clam bake she had in her hotel room that one Uh, night. I mean you sent that to me. Yeah. It was something. We'll save it for the after show. Yeah. The new Roni could never. The Dungeness is sick. The clams are good.
0: (laughs) No, yeah, the new Roni, right. the new Roni wouldn't, they, they'd be like, what's this shakshuka, shakshuka, shuka shuka. I don't know what that is, it's like, it's called shakshuka, and and if you're such, ugh, God, don't get me on a side tangent right now, not on the main feed. I
1: know, it's, I have a lot of thoughts, I have a lot of thoughts, and they're not yeah. all great, folks, but we'll talk about it. Yeah, and if you want to hear Patreon.
0: us talk about it, you can become a Patreon, and join us on the Best Porting, for the Best Porting After Show every week at patreon.com slash Pod.
1: Yes. Anyway. But back to Joan Plow, right? I. And then we get this other moment after she tucks him in the bed. She has a little face journey. She goes back, and George is just being a little bitch mm-hmm. about how, you know, he's. She's. I don't know what she even says to him. She says, like, I do you remember what the dialogue is? I only remember him saying, like, pipe down, Martha. Shut your yap. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, because she says something along the lines of, like,
0: you know, I could have been a good mother, you know? Yes. And he's like, because she's like, oh, were you awake? And he's like, or were you sleeping? And he's like, I was until you started, came in and yapping. And then she lays down and she's like, oh, I could have been a good mother. And it it almost had a like peg in Junebug crying in the bed energy. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh,
1: I know. Of course I do. Oh, my goodness. I It's so devastating in a way because she just wants to connect. And I feel that she's pretty lonely, you know? Like she has her duties and she has her other cheek pinchers and stuff. But like, I think she wanted that most of all. And like for him to just dismiss it is just too much. And God bless her for getting out of that bed. Make yourself a cup of tea and think about your choices. Like yeah. just leave his ass. Cause he's like, you know, he's like, Oh, well, you, you know, whatever, make some comment about
0: them having, not having kids. And she's like, it's not, a, it's not about us not having children. It's about the fact that like, you know, you know, I, I experienced something that made me happy and I can't share it with you, you
1: know? Yeah, she said, it's about my feeling something very good and not being able to tell you about it. And that's yeah. so devastating because that's what you, you know, that's what a partnership is for. Like, you want to tell them first. It's like when you're younger, like when I was younger, and still to this day, I guess, at some point too, like, I couldn't wait to tell my mom stuff. Like, mm-hmm. that was all, always my first call. And, yeah. and now I tell Keon and I still tell my mom, but like, it's it's just such a... It's such a great line, and then she leaves,
0: yeah, yeah, oh God, Martha, she's great, she's just, oh, she's and so, you know i I had read in the trivia that apparently when uh that whole very home alone light you know sequence is happening when um natasha leone is babysitting yes. dennis and she's got buzz from home alone over to make out and then of you course. know poor mr wilson is you know uh trying to to find evidence that dennis is the one who caused their chicken to taste tastes funny you know let, yes. the day before when they were grilling tastes like paint and wood Oh, I was thinking I'll about make that. Us some sandwiches. I'll make us some sandwiches, <sighs> um, and so he's sneaking around, and meanwhile, Dennis is playing, you know, ding dong dash on Polly, and you know, and then it it is, it's it's all Home Alone light, you know, Buzz tapes the thumbtack to the doorbell uh mr wilson steps in the gd waiting pool and then <laughs> yes. and then they they you know he rings the doorbell and then polly dumps water on him from upstairs and then buzz opens the door and throws flour on him and it's just like you know where's katherine o'hara coming home with john candy in a you know yes in a in a truck um but then when he comes back to the house and, and Mrs. Wilson opens the front door, apparently Joan Plowright didn't know what was going to be on the other side of the door. So when she laughs, it was like a genuine reaction.
1: Oh, I love that.
0: Yeah, and I just thought that was so sweet. I was like, Joan. Ugh. I just I would have loved <laughs> to like be on set to see them call cut and her to be like, you know,
1: delighted in seeing him covered ugh, in wet flowers. Yeah. Ugh, I just want to have a cup of tea with Joan. Yeah, I need to watch. I never finished Tea with the Dames. I started it, and I had like the best thirty-five minutes of my life, and then I just, of course, just gave up, and uh, I moved on to something else. But I, I wow. need to finish it. I've never seen it. I. Uh, oh, but it's a delight. I'm sure it is because she, she's blind
0: now, isn't she, or she was. Yes. Yeah. She's gay. I mean, she's I mean, blind. she's blind. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I know. You know, isn't it the other way around? No, wait, uh, it is, yeah, it's, and, it's and gay. And he was then, yeah. gay, I mean, he was blind, yeah. That's right, yes. Well, speaking of Home Alone, I also wanted, because I was like, where have I seen these two before? But the old couple in the um, in the little floral society, the Garden society, Club, the Garden yes. Club yes. Uh, played yep. by Billy Bird and Bill Irwin, they were the old couple at the airport that Catherine O'Hara tries to negotiate with ah. to give them a plane ticket.
1: Oh, the earrings! You love the earrings. Both of them were the couple. Yeah. Oh my god, I love them. Because I
0: was like, these two. I feel like I have seen them in everything, and it's probably just that I've seen them in Home Alone eight thousand times. That's true.
1: I love like her, her like lips. She looks like she's munching. She looks like she doesn't have her teeth in, but it's so. Yes, I love that. Yeah, she
0: totally has that. Like uh, sort of like munchy, mm -hmm. moving her lips like. Yeah. Oh, and she was in 16 Candles. I'm just seeing like where... Because I feel like we've probably talked about Billy Bird before and we don't even know it. But apparently, maybe not. I don't know. I don't. Know. She was in one episode of My Sister Sam. Do you think that's what it was? Is that there the one I'm thinking of? Her? Yeah. Um, but in any event, uh, I'm just so glad we talked about Billy Bird finally.
1: Uh, and, and thank you for bringing up the GD... Of it all like the Ugh. gd martha where the gd garden lanterns you know Ugh. the way that he shouts down like ingrained in my head i was like oh my god yes Same. and how they like fall down on him like everything like the paint shooting up out of that thing like honestly it's like a weird thing to say but like the chicken kind of looked really good and i kind of want to taste it oh <laughs> yes it was, like, paint, it's that weird thing where it just looks like a big ball of gack like flying out of the sun and like obviously he would know because the whole grill caught on fire but apparently it was fine i don't know but it's you know movie magic but i want to try that chicken
0: i am curious about that chicken like i i i was like yeah and and you're right the gd thing i feel like i part of me like kind of picked that up a little bit of calling things
1: a gd this or a gd that because it's it's got like a funnier rhythm to it yeah, where are the GD garden lanterns? Um, another quote um, that was just like, oh my God, this quote was a Christopher Lloyd quote when he, I think, like, right when, you know, because speaking of Home Alone, like, cadences and like, Dennis just puts this guy through the ringer. And I love, I mean, just diving into that river again and like that, like, Titanic esque door, <laughs> like, whatever it, it is, landing that on water. Yeah. I know, oh God, this man would be dead. Like, so quickly
0: it was like a a, a torture session i mean like the, the having to eat the entire bucket of beans to find the key i was just like oh god that's just it feels like a scene out of seven you know where
1: he like force yes. feeds the guy to death like that's what i, I, I was thinking of oh it's so awful and it's so gross and then we gotta you know we get a toot, a toot you get a toot the world yeah you get oh, quite god. the toot and, and that's so 90s and in its own way. It is. Oh, my God. The 90s, yeah. everyone was tooting in the 90s. Yeah. And the quote where he, um, he's finally so fed up with Dennis, and he's like, there ain't going to be no more accidents. He's like, turn around. <laughs> it's so, <laughs> like, the way that he growls is so funny. He's great in this. I, I feel like, I didn't read the IMDb trivia, but I feel like it's like, you know, Christopher Lloyd said this is one of his favorite roles to play. You know how actors say that oh, every yeah, once in a while? Oh, yeah, sure. Like they just have a ball, and I, yeah. I hope it was like this.
0: Yeah, I, and I hope that if not, I hope he and Leah Thompson got to, like, talk about Back to the Future at the craft oh my services God. table. Yeah.
1: Yes. What a great set this must have been.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, especially, like, in that neighborhood. Oh, I bet they were all staying at, like, a, a nearby Ramada or an Embassy Suites or something. Uh.
1: I would love if they just like lived in the houses they stayed in. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, Marco is putting.
0: No, you can't lay on the mixer. I love you too much to lay on the
1: soundboard. You need to get. You know how you get those like spikes for birds. Not oh, on yes. Your <laughs> you need to, you I know, know. Something that wouldn't hurt them. of course. No, no, like, no. I wonder.
0: I know. I need to get some Marco spikes because he, he just yes. he just
1: needs to be near me. He just I loves love
0: it. it he just loves me um but anyway yeah this was this was so much fun this was exactly what i was hoping it was going to be i feel like not only was it great acting and a great cast and beautiful to look at but it had like a little bit of like subversion to it or a little bit of like you know jokes for the parents like that whole scene where um, Dennis was telling, you know, Mrs. Uh, Wilson about, you know, his dad whistling all the time. And the only time he doesn't whistle is on Sunday mornings when he and my mom are wrestling in the room. And, and you know, I think it's because they take their shirts off. And it's like, as a kid, yes. I would, like, sort of get it. But, I, like, as an adult, I'm like, wow, you guys really... Very John Hughes to like work
1: that in. I know it's so perfect, and we didn't talk about the music, but the music um, composed oh. by Jerry Goldsmith, who I don't know what else I don't know what else he wrote. So um, he is but one it's... of my favorites. Oh really? He, okay, he is, go on. Uh, he did the score for
0: The Omen. And oh my God! Yeah, he's actually I would say Jerry Goldsmith is up there with. Philip Glass for me of one of my favorite movie composers I'm always queen excited I love Jerry Goldsmith he did the music for Poltergeist which I
1: love whoa
0: oh Jerry Goldsmith is uh, a queen he did you know what he did an amazing score for was that movie the Boys from Brazil with um uda Hagen what a, oh, what's wow. this about Shotzi? <laughs> Oh, that's right. The prison scene. The prison scene. Yeah. He did the music. He did the the main theme for that movie is incredible. Yeah. Uh he he did the music for Star Trek The Motion Picture. He did the music for Gremlins. He's
1: incredible. We need to remember him come the West Ends, because we you know, very rarely do we give queen queen honors to, I guess, non-actors, but we should for sure give it to this composer.
0: Uh yeah, I'd love to give it to Jerry. I love Jerry. Um but indeed. I just love him, but his score for this especially the Switchblade Sam uh theme yes. is excellent.
1: Oh yeah, it came flooding back to me cuz I like I couldn't remember it really and then like once it came on I was like, "Oh yeah, it's so uh it's just perfect." And even like at the beginning like when Dennis is riding his bike down the street it just like it really just uh, he captured everything that i i remembered and wanted to remember and didn't even know that and knew that i what am i trying to say past tense present tense um i, I i'm just so overwhelmed by this that i can't even conf- uh, finish that sentence but i i just what a great 90s score It has
0: that, like, movies don't have this kind of, like, rich orchestral kind of score now. I know that I'm painting with a broad brush, but this just feels like, I don't know, it's like, it's so lush for, like, a kid's movie from the 90s. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's it's definitely like there's a style to it, but it just is perfect. I I didn't want to end the episode um without mentioning him, so I'm glad we brought that up.
0: I'm glad you did cuz I had I had forgotten and then I would have remembered and I would have been so sad because yeah. uh I I just I just love him so much. I just love him. Mm. This was and great. I love this movie. Yeah. Yes. This like as soon as it started last night I was watching it and I was just like, "Oh, I feel so good. I feel like I'm ready to go catch lightning bugs. Oh
1: yeah. I didn't, it's like, I didn't, I always, you know, we, I think we've talked about it before too. I, I didn't pick up my phone once watching this movie. I was just so enamored. And so, um, I don't know. It made me feel like safe, like, Mm -hmm. especially like with all the Mrs. Wilson stuff. I'm like, Oh God, I just want you to read me. Wink and blink and a nod. I just, it's such a beautiful moment and a great performance, great writing. And, and where, did, where did you watch this? Because I had to buy it. I had to rent I,
0: it. I had to rent it on Amazon for $2.89.
1: Yeah, I bought it on YouTube for around the same price. I yeah. just bought the movie. It was like eight ninety nine or something. I know. Like that. I'd but watch
0: I this again. Yeah.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, great Saturday afternoon movie.
0: Yeah, and every time I watch it, I always hope maybe this time someone will see his flower bloom, you know? Or maybe he'll get to see (gasps) it this time. Maybe this time the garage door won't knock over the the catering table at the garden party. That's the biggest (laughs) loss.
1: Oh, my God. It looks so delicious. But I did cackle. I I laughed out loud. I thought, like, just, like, the the, over the fence, you see, like, the big thing tipping over. That was so so funny. funny.
0: It's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. but yeah, uh, but that's any other thoughts on The Menace, Dennis?
1: No, this was such a treat. I, I'm i so glad that we did this. And I hope the rest of the movies can at least, you know, compare to this. Because it really is. It's the perfect nostalgia wrapped with like the women that we love and performances that we love. So onward and upward. What about you?
0: I this I, I agree. I think this set the bar. I think this is a the quintessential example of what we wanted to do this month or i i kind of forced this idea but what i was hoping for was a movie like this that we could have all these yeah. feelings get some Joan, get some leah get some jerry get some good feelings christopher tootin and then we get the hell out of here that's right <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh and speaking of jerry guess who's playing us off it's not the it's Ooh. not jerry himself because i think he might be dead uh he, he is but it is the orchestra playing us off
1: with a little jerry oh what a treat what a treat now where can folks find more of you they can find me on my other podcast the good vanilla which is a barefoot contessa podcast or you can follow me on instagram at nick kochanov how about you
0: well, you can find me on my other podcast. All right, Mary, taking a little break ski from drag, but we are, you know, and we just banked a bunch of things because we're taking a few weeks off. But we on the the Patreon, we've been recording some movie episodes. On the main feed, we're putting out some fun fun things. It's a nice it's a nice kind of in between seasons period for All Right Mary. Um, you can also find me on my on, on my on Instagram at Colin Trucker underscore. And you can get more of both of us in a best supporting capacity
1: on Instagram at BSA Pod. Or you can send us an email at thebsapod at gmail.com. Uh Oh, Mr.
0: Peepers, peel yourself because <laughs> we are, we've we got the best supporting after show coming on Patreon where we are definitely going to talk about things like Bethany Frankel, Roni, a bunch of things I've been watching lately, uh, anything you've been watching and doing so many things we're going to catch yeah. up on. And you could join us for a mere $5 a month, and you would also get early access to episodes just like this. And all of that is at patreon.com slash Pod.
1: Love it. I feel like your screen name would be Mr. Peepers. Mr. Peepers and Naughty Nick. There we go. Oh,
0: well, you know, my my first screen name, and I'll say this while the orchestra's still playing us off. My first screen name, well, technically there was a different one, but like, there was like a, a trial one, and then I got my real one. My real first screen name was jinx 16 and that's how did you G- spell it j-i-n-x number six t-e-e-n t-e-e-n yeah, two e's
1: whoa yeah i, I have no that. idea
0: why i 16 is my favorite number so okay there we go. yeah and uh jinx you know buy me a coke oh. um, that's right. Anyway, folks, it's time for us to get into two pre-owned lease toilets yourselves named Ruth and Cheryl and get the hell out of here. And so I think that's what we're going to do.
1: Sounds like a plan. All right. Well, that, as they say, is that.